You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And as you know, all month long, all summer long, actually, we have been doing the Faithpreneur Diaries, which means this episode, I am not alone. And I'm so excited because we are coming up to the one year of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And I'm really excited that you guys have been rocking with us almost for one whole years in a few weeks the first week of September the first podcast in September would be our one year anniversary and one thing I would really love for you guys to do in the lead up of our one year anniversary is share the podcast with your friends and your family and any episode that really resonates with you put it on your social media and tag me in I want to know how this podcast has touched you over the past year so do that tag me in at Shantae Sapphire or at Pray Plan Slay Podcast. I'm excited to hear your journey, hear your story, and I'm excited to see and meet all of you from, I believe, 56 countries who are listening to the Pray Plan Slay Podcast. Now, let's get into this week's Faithpreneur Diaries. I am not alone, as you are most aware by now. Today, the guest that I have is Miss Rosalind Possilwaite. Rosalind is a licensed master's level social worker and current school social worker who counsels teenagers in an inner city school in Memphis, Tennessee. She supports the teenagers with different mental health problems related to anxiety, trauma, depression, suicidal thoughts, problem solving, and many other factors that impact them. She is the creator of the podcast Therapy as a Christian, which is a podcast that focuses on Christianity and mental health by merging the two together to help Christians see that counseling and overcoming trauma is close to the heart of God. On her podcast, she shares her two-year experience in mental health counseling, where she learned to overcome childhood trauma, toxic relationships with others, low self-esteem, poor boundaries, anxiety, and depression. She is a wife to her amazing husband and currently pregnant with her first little one. Let's welcome Rosalind to the podcast. Rosalind, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rosalind. Hey girl, I am so excited to have you and I can't wait to get into this interview. But before we get started, everyone heard your amazing bio, but my favorite question to ask is tell me a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. So fun fact about me is my absolute favorite drink in the world is water. I could drink water all the time. I'm that person that goes to restaurants and asks for water with lemon all the time. I love water. <laughs> and in my city, we have really clean water too, so you can drink it out of the faucet. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I need some of that anointing in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. I was fine with water, but my mom hates water. 
she absolutely despises water and the problem is i think it's starting to rub off on me like i have to remember like i actually have to purposely say you need to drink water and then i remember it's usually right before bed which is not a good time to guzzle water exactly i need some of that i love water anointing if you just pouring out the fresh anointing lord pour that one out for me (laughs) i got you (laughs) i'll share to you for that sis (laughs) (laughs) So, Rosalind, we've heard, um, like I said, your amazing bio and your story, and I'm so excited to talk to you today about what you have going on, but I really want to know about your story. I want to know how you found yourself where you are now, how you, how you came about, you know, finding your purpose. So, tell us about your beginnings. Tell us how, how your life has started. Yeah. So um, to start, uh, I definitely think the definition of purpose is, is kind of like redefined over the years. I've learned kind of like in my relationship with God that all things flow from him. And so I've redefined kind of the purpose in my life of my purpose is to be his, his daughter. Above all, like my purpose is to be his kid, love him, and all things flow from that. It reminds me of the scripture, seek seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will come upon you. And so from there, because I love God, whatever he tells me to do or whatever is in my heart's desire to do, I can do because all of those things flow from it. And so in that journey of kind of discovering that, because I always think like, like many people tying purpose to a thing. And knowing that we're always evolving, we're always changing, we start ventures and then we put things down, pick other things up as we go. But I think I've always known that I was very smart, but not in the sense of super like book smart in the sense of like, I I am book smart, but my parents in just a very like short story Uh, were entrepreneurs when I was growing up and they were actually millionaires at one point. Uh, I think around the time when my, when I was in high school, my mom told me they made like $2.5 million a year in their business. And so, however, they did not keep God in the forefront of their business. I became a Christian at a very young age, but really more so discovered my relationship with God when I was in high school. And so watching my parents' journey in their entrepreneurial sense, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur as I became an adult, but I did not know how to navigate that because so much of my view of entrepreneurship was rooted in trauma. It was rooted in, you know, my dad spending all of the money, my parents being in a lot of fights. Their marriage essentially broke apart from their business that they handled together. And much of what my mom describes now is they did not keep God in the forefront. Um, and, and I think too, when you make that amount of money and you don't want to, and you don't necessarily have good money habits, you basically squander it when you get it. So that's essentially what happened with my dad, who was kind of the one that saw the vision, created the vision. My mom just really was the one like helping manage it. And so it broke their, it broke their relationship apart. They filed bankruptcy. So imagine being like a millionaire and then going into bankruptcy and then your young child who's middle school, high school is seeing all of this. Um, So lots of rooted, lots of uh, trauma and lots of abandonment from my dad's end. Um, And so my view of God as a teenager was all things, 
all bad things are going to happen if I essentially start a business. All bad things are going to happen if I get married. Bad things, bad things, bad things all the time. And so kind of as I went to college, I was super empathetic because I, I, as I was growing up, like my mom was my girl. So, and I basically was her emotional... I call it like, and I don't mean to say it as it, but I was her emotional baggage handler, essentially. Um, And so going through like all the stuff with my dad, she essentially was, I was the person that was there. And so she would always cry to me, all these things. And so I always associated helping people. Like I love to help people. I love to help people. So I went to college, long story short, ended up um, going to college and getting my degree in um, social work and uh, my master's in social work. I got my first bachelor's degree in something that's not related to it, but I ended up getting my master's in social work. And when I was in grad school, I noticed that, um, and also backtracking in 2009, when I was a freshman in college, I had a stroke. And during that time, I ended up leaving college. And um, that was when I had my first real adult encounter with God. I think when we're teenagers and we are Christians, we kind of fall under what our parents believe. And so we don't have like the genuine relationship with God, in my opinion. And so um, I would ask God, like, why did you allow this to happen? I had no um, difficulties after. But anyway, that was how I kind of became close to God because I was like seeking to understand this. And what he showed me was that you have a purpose. It's for me. And I love you and I'm going to take care of you. So when I went to college and grad school, grad school, actually, um, I knew I wanted to be a counselor, but I always had this entrepreneurial mindset. Always was like, how can I make money doing this? How can I make a business out of this? How can I do that? But it just never, since it never panned out. Everything, I would join programs when I was like 24, 25, 26, 27 trying to understand business. And I think because I didn't launch anything, that was all those programs, all the things I learned about online business. This was around the time when entrepreneurship was like really becoming a thing and people were launching courses a little bit and all of those kinds. This was like back in 2014, 2015. And so I believe all those things are very foundational in me learning, like understanding email marketing, understanding like how to gain an audience. All of those things are very foundational that I never, like God would never tell me like, hey, launch this, hey, launch this, hey, launch this. And it wasn't until I was about 27, I'll be 30 this year. It wasn't until I was about 27, um, me and my now husband were dating and we had got engaged. and. I started therapy at the time that I actually got engaged because the flood of my childhood came back to me when we got engaged, which was all the trauma related to my dad, the abandonment. I'm going to get married and be divorced by the first year. Like all of those crazy, crazy thoughts. And I would try to pray it away. Um, And not to say that prayer didn't work, but it was just, I didn't know what even to describe to God because I would have all these anxiety, all this anxiety. At one point, I was very depressed, and that's what led to me going to counseling. And as I was in counseling for the first year, I remember thinking, God, I know I'm not the only Christian that has struggles with depression. I can't be. I know I'm not the only Christian that has struggled with anxiety. I know I'm not the only Christian that has had these, this level of 
trauma and understanding a mental health perspective, but also being the one in the chair was so pivotal for me that I was like, I got to talk about this. I got to like get on something to talk about. And then that was kind of how therapy as a Christian was birthed. And from there, God kind of showed me, this is a lane that I'm putting you in. I had no context. I had no idea what he was doing a year and a half later now. But at the start of my journey, it was literally just me talking about the stigma of Christianity and the stigma of Christians going to counseling. Because all you hear in church is like hope and Jesus, but it's like, okay, well, these people came to Jesus with trauma. They came to him saying, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is my struggle. How do we now as Christians give language to those dark rooted places that obviously are there in childhood that we never address um, and really talk about it with someone in the chair? And know that God loves us in the interim of that. So that was kind of how it led to this. And from there, it's just birthed into multiple things that I don't even like. Sometimes I'm like, these ideas are just way bigger than what my little brain can sometimes think of. But um, he has led and I am beyond grateful because I can see a little bit of what he's doing, even though my capacity to think of what God is on is very, very small. Um, he, we, are, we are his hands and feet in the earth. And so I think because of that, when we honor that as a gift and knowing that our purpose is to love him, everything else that flows from that becomes very simple and easy to do. Wow, that is such an amazing story. You've been through so much. And I know that um, one thing that caught me is that you said, you know, and I had a stroke at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So that was your first time really, as you said, connecting to God in an adult level. How was that time for you um, just being, I guess, in his presence and seeking him at that time? How was that for you? Yeah. So again, I had kind of rebuilt a relationship with God and had early encounters with God as a teenager. Um, I went to a church that was very big on youth. And so that was how I like had encounters with God. So I knew what God's presence felt like. But I remember when I got sick, I had no issues. They were like, my doctors were looking at me like, how are you even here? Because of the type of stroke it was. Um, I believe, in my opinion, I believe it was his way of stopping the behavior that I was doing. Girl, I was in college drinking, smoking weed. I was all turned up in college. And so that first semester, <laughs> it was like, okay, well, when you going back home for Christmas? And that was kind of when it happened. I think I just was seeking him to understand. I, in my very young 18-year-old mind, I was just like, why did this happen? Why am I being taken out of school? Why are all these things occurring? That was really what it was. And what I found in seeking him was that there was a love that he wanted to share. And there was a love that I didn't personally genuinely know how to take because at the time I was just so broken by God, I'm out of college. Like everybody I know is in college turned up and I'm at home stuck in a bed and can't go anywhere. And so I think seeking him was the part that made me realize this is where you are. You're in the word you're in, your, I'm in your presence. And that was where it started of me wanting to know and do for him 
It's like, how can I now have purpose at a, at a point where my life could have been taken from me? That is beautiful. And I think that a lot of the times as we are learning to have relationship with God on our own and the different experiences we've had because of the childhood trauma, because of maybe some abandonment things that we've gone through, it's hard for us to see God in his, in his different positions. So it's hard to accept a father that is all knowing and all loving and always there for you if you haven't actually experienced what that feels like. So when God is showing that to you, you're just like, I don't, I, I don't believe this because I'm not used to seeing this in, in real life. So I don't know what, but he slowed you down in that moment and expressed to you the love that he has for you. And I like that you went on and you said that, you know, you got engaged. And at that point you realized that you needed therapy. You needed to deal with the, the, the trauma that you had faced and therapy and counseling is at very near and dear to my heart. I'm actually doing my doctorate in Christian counseling because I thank you because I know that yes, we can pray, but God has also anointed counselors. He's anointed psychologists. He has given us the knowledge. And one of the ones, um, I can't remember her name right now. I have her book, but I can't see the the, the side of it. But she is a Christian neuroscientist. And she, oh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Thank you, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And I'm just like, look at how he's anointed her to teach us basically how our brain works. So I know that he's anointed different, just different areas outside of the fivefold ministry to help bring us to the fullness of who he has called us to be. So you, you, you're in the counseling chair and you're saying to God, you know, I know there are other Christians who need counseling that haven't experienced it yet. What are some of the reasons you think that as Christians, we haven't sought counseling, even though we know that there are things that we need to deal with? Fear. Fear. Fear is one of the biggest ones. I think to think fear is one. I'm going to name a couple fear. It's unknown. You don't know what it's going to look like. Um, some, some people think they're giving up on God if they go. Some people also think, well, if I pray or, I, or they've been taught, if I just pray and fast and all of these things, it'll go away. Not saying that that doesn't that doesn't work because fasting is like one of the things that's near and dear to my heart. But I think what it does is many times in childhood things happen. And as we become adults, we've packed away, you know, if let's say you're 25, 26, you've packed away 26 years of life that you may not remember things that happen. And additionally with counseling, Um, Just to give a lens, I think another reason people don't go, I always go back to is there was no, there's no form of, there's not a reference point. It's like, this is not something I've seen people talk about. This is not something I've seen the church really talk about. This is also not something I've seen people like that are close to me go do. So I don't know what the benefit is. It's like, if I don't see if I don't ever see in my entire life somebody go to the gym and lose weight, I'm not going to think that going to the gym and going to the gym and working out will make me lose weight. So because there's no form of reference, there's no real thing that talks about it, people just associate it as, oh, counseling is for crazy people, especially in the African American community. And so 
for me, having have, being in the mental health space as an as an occupation, but also just generally having anxiety, having depression as a Christian, I was like, there has to be a way for me to talk to someone because the tactics that I've used currently, like I'm, I'm still in this space. It wasn't until it really what counseling does. It's not a really a thing where somebody's giving you advice because they do give advice, but what they're doing is they're bringing to your awareness, the deep rooted things that are there. Most of us don't know we struggle with rejection. We think it's people pleasing. We think we have to overcompensate for other people. We have a struggle with saying no, but that's really rooted in rejection because what happens is you might've been bullied in school. And over time you might have seen, well, they only really talk to me when I do stuff for them. So over the years, you just do stuff for people, not realizing that that's rooted in rejection because if you stop doing for people, that means they're going to leave you. And because if they leave you, then it's, you go back to that feeling of disappointment, expectations you put on people. How do we even know this to be a thing? How do we know rejection is a problem if we don't process and talk about it? And so really what counseling does, it gives you the space to talk through things that you may not normally think are an issue or you know are a problem. You, don't, you may think, why do I struggle with trusting people? Well, there might have been a situation in your past where somebody really broke your trust or you saw your parents or your dad always breaking your mom's trust. And so your view of the world is so like flawed that it becomes hard for you to do it. So counseling just gives you the space to talk through. You may even go and say, I don't know why I'm here. But then find like there are always things that we're struggling with. And the beautiful thing with God is that He's equipped people in different arenas to handle and know how to do it. Because even as a clinician, as someone who is in that space, I'm more, and even more, I'm more equipped to help a client even handling my own stuff because I'm way more aware of, oh, these are the roots. These are the things. And God talks about roots. God talks about as being planted in him. How can I be fully planted in him when I'm planted in trauma or rooted in trauma and rooted in all these other things? That is, that is so true. You can't fix a problem that you don't know you have. And the problem with that is that we walk around consistently doing these behaviors that are not supporting really who we who we are, who we would like to be, and we're wondering why, but we can't identify the problem. So really sitting down with somebody who can talk you through to li- and also listen and listen without judgment makes such a big difference because I realize that not many people have that person they can talk to about anything that won't judge them, that won't really offer their opinion while you're talking and just be that listening soundboard. So what would you say to somebody who has, you know, identified that there are some things in their life that are happening or some behaviors or they see themselves maybe, okay, let's do this for an example. They see themselves always letting the same person into their life. However, 
this, the, and by the same person, I mean the personality of that person, even though it's representing in different faces. So they're always dating the same person, even though it's Johnny, Robert, Joe, and I don't know, Bucky. Those are some random names. Um, but it's, they're basically the same person, just, you know, with a different complexion. What are some of the reasons that, or what, if that person are, is now starting to identify that, what would you tell them when it comes to going to counseling? What advice would you give them? Well, first, I think the thing is they're recognizing it. So I would applaud them for recognizing it. But I would also say, what is it that you want? Because if, if it's just a relationship, okay, what do you want that relationship to look like? Do you want it to be healthy? Do you know what healthy means? Do you know what it looks like to be in a loving relationship? So I would even just explore like what it is you want, but also in these patterns of this person, what are you also noticing about you? What are the things that are impacting you that they do? And how does that feel? Like if it feels like you're you're having to endure I'm going straight to the point. I'm like, does it feel like you have to endure abuse? Do you feel like you have to endure somebody lying to you all the time? Do you feel like you have to endure somebody talking down to you when you bring your opinion up? Do you feel like you have to continuously overcompensate or overdo or overcall or overtext just to get a response? Like, do you feel like that's healthy? And if it's not, what do you want to change? And those are the things like I would ask, but I would also say the real thing that I've noticed over the time of doing therapy as a Christian that people don't, why they don't go to counseling is really in fear because they think it's the other person. It's the other person's fault why I'm not happy. It's the other person's fault or these circumstances, why this is not working. But truly you're a part of the mix. You play some kind of role. And even not only that, your perception of the situation impacts your reaction. So if I perceive this person to be this fine man who I have to just kind of like try to fix, because maybe women try to, we, we try to fixers. Or if I try to um, be person I'm not to be with him, why do you do that? your perception of who you have to be in order to be in that relationship changes. That's why do you feel like you have to do that? And so those are the questions I would ask and then introduce the benefits. One of the biggest benefits in counseling, just kind of like you said, is that this person is 100 completely percent disconnected from my life. They don't know me. They don't have a frame of reference. They don't know anything about what's going on in my day to day. They have 100% an objective opinion that's not connected to me. And so they can provide, they're almost on the outside of the box looking in and say, these are the things that I'm seeing. How can I help? You need people like that. You need genuine ears to listen. And Holy Spirit led counselors, like people that are led by God, to not only give you the word, because that was my counselor did. She gave me the word, but she also really told me myself. She showed me like, well, this is what you're perceiving from this situation. And so I think more so than anything to tell somebody, I would say is like, what do you really want? If it's just a relationship, get into a relationship, but the cycle of the situation will continue until you make the decision to change. We just have to make a decision of 
what is it that I really want and stop trying to think that we can do it on our own, not ask for help. I've talked to so many people who are like, I don't ask for help. Why? 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 Jesus needed help. God needed help. God had his spirit and his, God had his spirit and he sent his son. God had multiple people. He's a relational God. He gave Adam to tend the ground. He could have did it himself. He don't actually really need help, but he sends people to, to be the hands and feet in the earth. And the thing is like, we have to be okay with knowing that relationship is valuable. I need people. I need people to keep me. I need my husband. I need lots of people, but that doesn't mean I'm dependent on them in the sense of I'm relying on them to be the person that makes me happy. I'm relying on God to be the one to keep me level and in relationship with him. He shows that to me, but we also need people to help us get through this life. Like period, period. Holy spirit is a helper. Why? That's what his, that's who he is. So why will we not ask for help? Um, and just, and also be open to different perspective. We sometimes we stay in our mind and we stay locked into a place because we don't want somebody to, to, just show us a different perspective. And that's when God comes into your life, he's going to show you a different perspective. And so we can't just stay in that place. Yes. I love that. And you are so right. The only thing we can change in us in a situation is ourselves. And I remember before I, when I was dating and before God's choice for me came across me and before he found me, the men that I was dating before there was a consistent pattern. And I always, you know, in my mind at the time would think, oh no, they did this, they did this, they did this. But when I got around to like the third or fourth relationship, I was like, listen, Shante, why? I remember having that conversation with my best friend. Why are you attracting? What is it in you that's attracting this type of man, this type of relationship? What are you letting in that you probably shouldn't have? Why are you being so lenient? And then you have to trace it back. Like, what are the things you, you went through? And I remember as a, as a child, as a teenager, I was bullied consistently. So there was a place of me wanting acceptance. But who I was getting acceptance from was not what I needed in my life. And until I was able to identify that, that's when I was able to say, you know what? I'm not dating anybody until I know it's God. So I'm not putting myself through this nonsense and I, and I'm going to have a, a list of, of qualities that I actually require. I'm going to sit down with God one night and write out all the things that he said that I need because he knows and I don't know, but it, it's important for us to really look at the things that we can change. And because you are the only thing you can change in your life, we should really spend time focusing on ourselves. And I would even recommend, even if you don't think you need counseling, you need counseling. Everybody. Right. Everybody, everybody, see their cousin. Listen, like, my baby probably will need counseling. I'm praying, you know, I don't do a whole bunch to, that will require him to need a lot of it, but you just need that. You need, you do, because there's always things that occur. Like you said, there were things that happened that you couldn't even trace it back to until mm-hmm. you realize, like, I wanted acceptance. So I'm going to allow whoever is giving me some type of attention and is accepting me and whatever I got to do to keep their acceptance, I will do. But in the end, it's still not healthy for me. Exactly. Exactly. And 
being able to sit there, sit down and identify that will help. And remember, ladies, as we go through life, we are changing, we are evolving, we are taking on new roles. We went from being someone's daughter to and someone's sister to being, you know, an adult in our own right. And then we become mothers, we become wives, we become grandmothers. Like there are so many different things that happen to us. We go from working at a nine to five to starting our own business. All of that is creating things that you need to talk about and talk through, even if it's just how you manage that in your life. Because too many times, listen, if you were a person who wasn't good with no, I was also one person that was not good with no. And I spent, I remember, I think it was 2018 was when I really learned how to say no. Like, I can't take that on. I'm sorry. This sounds like a great opportunity, but I cannot take, my plate is full. It is full. And I remember having to do that this year again. And I thought to myself, I did that with so much ease. I remember when at a point in time, that would be so hard for me. Like it'd give me anxiety to tell, say, no, I can't help out and assist, especially in church, because I'm in so many different things. And I remember having to go tell the bishop of all the churches that, listen, nobody asks me. They kind of just put me on there. And I, I'm, Shantae is not available. Shantae's, Shantae's plate Oh. Okay. Shantae is plate is full. And this year, again, we've, we've sw- swapped to a pandemic. So the things that are required for me um, at church is different. So I'm like the Zoom team. I have to get the Zoom together. And it's becoming a lot. And I said, listen, listen, I have to sit down because I'm getting all these invitations to be on this team and that team. And I'm like, I can't. I can see how my skills can help you in this area. I can see how I can show up and make a difference in this area. But right now, if for Shantae's sanity, girl, baby, for my sanity, listen, I have already got a nine to five. I am running this podcast and I have a business. I am the youth director and I'm on the zoom team. So, and I'm, I am dating. I am dating and I'm soon going to be transitioning into other things. So listen, and I would go, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say even therapy for an entrepreneur. Oh, girl. Nobody talks about how you feel if your friends or family don't support you in the way that you wouldn't like. But also, too, changing the way we expect people to support us. I'm not a person that's going to buy everything my friends sell. Just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. But I will, sis, I will strategize with you. I will call you when you don't know what to do. That's my support. But I also have learned if that's what you're expecting of me, I can't fulfill that for you, sis. And that was, like you said, a boundary, like, cause what you're describing is saying, no, it's boundaries. That's a boundary I had to put up because I had to recognize, I don't really, like my friend has an accessory business. I don't really wear earrings and stuff like this is, I mean, I just don't. So it's like me buying this to just have it sit in my room because I want to support. She knows like, Rosalind not going to buy an earring, but she's going to call me and strategize. I sure will. Yes, ma'am. But in counseling, we have a lot of expectations or in entrepreneurship, we have a lot of expectations of how things are going to work. We don't want people to reject us. We're trying to manage a bunch of things at one time. We're trying to figure out an idea that does not, especially when the idea will come to God. Sometimes it's not crystal clear. Sometimes you are literally doing things that you have no, like, I have no idea why I'm doing this. All I know is he told me these two sentences. And said, go. And that was it. And so like even counseling for an entrepreneur can help you build your confidence, can help you get off of a feeling of like, 
people are always thinking about or overthinking what people are thinking all the time because that's something that we don't put stuff out because we think people are going to say something we're we're not putting stuff out but we won't get on a live because if one person shows up we feel like nobody's going to show up and 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 really what that is is a feeling internally that we have to address i'll get on live with five people on there i'm gonna talk to them five people and if 30 people get on there, I'm going to talk to them 30 people. If 100 people, hallelujah, God, but I'm going to treat the five people as if they were VIP people in my life. Because if I treat them like VIP, maybe they'll go tell their own friends or maybe this, but I still want to give value to that. But we have to disconnect from the outcome mm. and just do it. But sometimes you just got to talk through, why do I feel so rejected by people? Why am I so fearful of what's going to happen? Talk through that with someone. I, a, go ahead. No, the, I was gonna, that's all. <laughs> I love this. I love this because the way God has set this up is that every interview that I have flows on each other, on each other. So last week's episode, you guys, you know, we talked to Michaela Ian about showing up confidently in your business. And basically counseling is going to sh- help you show up confidently, right? So like, like Rosalind has said, the same way you want to show up for five people is the same way you need to show up for a hundred people. You should be able to give it your best to be able to say, you know what, this is my best me. I'm putting it forward all the time rather than saying, you know what, Somebody booked me to speak to a group of people, so they're going to get the best, best me. And because I'm doing this for myself, they just going to get whatever face I give them when I wake up. No, you need to present yourself as the best version of yourself. And a way to do that is through counseling, is through talking to somebody, somebody that can guide you, not just on the word as well, but li- they are in tune with God and can hear the strategies, can hear the things that are are. Are, that are holding you back and can identify your limiting beliefs because sis, some of the things that you believe are the problem are not actually the problem. And that is, that is something that we face all the time. Like, honestly, you think the problem is you don't have enough time or that, you know, you just want to help everybody, but that's not the problem. Like you said, the problem is not that you want to help everybody. So you spread yourself thin. The problem is you have a fear of rejection. So because you don't want to make anybody feel like, you know, you can't do it. And so they won't reject you. Now you spread yourself thin. You're out here. You're tired, right? You can't really show up 100% in any area of your life because you haven't focused on what's important. So you have to know what is triggering your responses in order to have a difference. And then set up those boundaries because those boundaries will save your life. You think I'm joking. Those boundaries that you set up will save your life. And you have to know how best you can show up. Like Rosalind said, she may not be the one that buys all her friends' stuff, but she's going to be there to support and strategize. And that's true. That is true. Something you sell may not be something I need, but listen, we're going to figure this out for three hours if you need to, because I want to see you win. And that is my zone of genius. So remember not to spread yourself too thin. And if you're thinking about counseling, and I love how we started talking about how entrepreneurs need counseling, because this is the Faithpreneur Diary. So if you're thinking about counseling as an entrepreneur, that's probably one of the best investments that you can make in yourself because your business is you. You are your business. I don't care if you are selling weave, if you are selling uh, coaching, if you're selling health, 
Your business is you. And if you can't show up in your business, you will not receive the results. You will not have the clarity and the abundance that God is promising you because you aren't showing up the way you need to. So listen, listen to, take a place. Girl, that's, and us having bad business skills is not an excuse. Like, I don't care if, and two, let me say this. In a very short story, all of us are not born confident. Why would God tell Jeremiah to not fear the faces of men when he told him, I made you a prophet? Jeremiah probably looked at him sideways. What you talking about? What you talking about? And then you tell me not to fear the faces of men. God knew there was an insecurity in him that he had to tell him to not fear the faces of men. Don't fear their faces. And so if, if, I wasn't born super confident or things happened in my life that made me not be confident. So getting on a live stream scared the crap out of me. Like I remember my first live, I was like, this is just, this is trash. This is trash. Sis. I'm trash. This is trash. The more I got on it, the more I got comfortable, the more people wanted. And, and two people are inspired when you do stuff that you are scared of. When you put something out there, truly, if you put a coaching business out there, people really not going to talk about you. And if they do, that's them. That's their lane. They ain't, you know, whatever. But people are really excited when people put out things that are of value. I tell all of my people all the time, I'm waiting on y'all to put out things that are going to help me because I always need help. I always need something I want to learn. And especially when y'all are people of God, like the body needs the body needs people who have skill sets that aren't just in the fivefold or, or, or not even just in the church. In, in general, this pandemic has taught us that in general, we are the church. Mm-hmm. Shantae is showing you in this podcast, you are, you are being supported by the church in me, by God in me, by Holy Spirit speaking out of my mouth. And that is encouragement. That is teaching. That is all of these things. We have to know that it's not just limited to this building. It's in doctor's offices. It's in business coaching. It's in podcasting. It's in all these places. And if you have something of value that you know is helpful, I have a friend who sells planner stickers and literally like has a six-figure business doing this. And it has black girls on it. And what happens is black women buy the stickers and she make money doing it. Very, very like we wouldn't think is important, but it's important. And it creates, it creates, God wants his, he wants his spirit in earth. His spirit is here, but we, we become the hands and feet. We, we represent him. We show like my father is not this universe y'all be talking about. He is the one and only true living God. Okay. Jesus Christ is him. The yeah. one that died on the cross. Not all this other stuff. Sorry, Shantae, I ain't even going to attention, but just saying hey, like. Entrepreneurs need to know that there are deep-rooted things that are stopping you. They're limiting beliefs, like you said, stopping you. Address them. And you can even address them while you're building your business. It doesn't have to, like, you don't have to go on a sabbatical. You can still create while you're doing it. Don't stop, but take the step and make the decision to not fear and do it. Because I will say going to counseling opened the door for me to be able to do my business and do it in a way that I know feels good to me, but also I feel like pleases God. Listen, 
I would say um, I, I completely agree with you and, and showing up and learning. And what made me smile is you talked about the first time you went live. And on last week's episode, I talked about the first time that I went live. And girl, I, I will tell you, listen, I got up. I said, I'm going to go live. This is my first time. I'm going to wake up seven o'clock in the morning early. Nobody's going to be up. So nobody's going to come in to my live, right? Because this is not, this isn't times where people were going to work outside of the house. So I was like, this is great. And my logic was people will watch the replay and I, I will be happy with that. Well, I started and I'm going and I'm going on great. And in pops my friend, my friend, a friend that I talked to. And the way I turned red and started to get hot and started to trip up, it was a mess. But guess what? I kept doing it. I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it, doing it. Like you said, some people may be born with this natural confidence, but I was not. It is something that I had to learn. And one thing that I know is that being an entrepreneur will highlight your good behaviors, but it will also highlight your bad behaviors. Because listen, I, I remember one of my limiting beliefs was, oh Lord, if I just had more time, I need more time. You've called me to do all these great things and I'm so blessed and I'm thankful, but I need more time to get it done. Well, pandemic happened, right? Everybody got to be at home. All I had was time. Was the things still being done? No. So when I, what I realized is like, oh, Shantae, you don't need no more time. You need discipline. And discipline is what you do not have. So I had to work on how to show up, be disciplined, do the work even when I wasn't motivated to do it. Because it's cool to do when you're motivated. You're feeling yourself. But what about showing up when you don't feel like it? Because that's what happens. At the end of the day, in your nine to five, you will show up whether you feel like it or not because you want your paycheck. But in your business, when you're an entrepreneur, and when that's not who you are full time, it's easy for you to say, you know what, I'm going to show up today and maybe show up two weeks from now. So I had to really focus on creating a system that would work for me. And by the time that time was done, I had discipline. I had things in place. I had, I had episodes pre-recorded where I, I was finally able to breathe and I was able to see how God knew I could handle it. I just needed to work on the the technique. So there's always areas where you can grow and identify. So like Rosalind said, you don't have to wait and go on a sabbatical because some of the stuff you you won't even know you're doing until you start doing it and realize, oh, child, I didn't even fix that. I can't be out in these streets doing that. I can't. If if Listen, and you know some of those things because if your clients ever said that to you, you wouldn't have it. You would not have it. But because you want to do it for yourself, that's why you need counseling and that's why you need a coach as well. I'm just going to say that. Coach, Listen, coaches need coaches and we all need counseling. Go, go ahead, girl. I see you. Yeah. Girl, I was just going to say that pandemic hit because I used to tell God, oh, God, just let me be a full-time entrepreneur. I would find ways to be like, how can I quit this job next week? Like, how do I need to set up, talk to my husband to quit the job next week because I need more time. This pandemic happened. I ain't doing nothing but sitting at home. I did some stuff and then I was like, oh, I'm tired. I, I need to sit for like a month. And then the month passed by and I'm like, what is going on? Why are you having no discipline, child? Like, what is happening? And then when I would start doing stuff, I'm like, I can actually manage this if I just had discipline. If I, like you said, follow through. 
because sometimes we don't do the projects because we look at them and we're like, this is too big. I don't feel like it. This seems too big for me. And then you just go back to scrolling on Instagram or you just find something else to do. You go watch a movie for four hours and time is passing you by. And like you said, your behavior, like, bless God, because what that did for me that season taught me was I have some horrible, horrible behaviors and lack of discipline that if I'm saying I'm about this life and I'm saying I'm about going for it, I'm saying I'm about it, let me be about it. But really, my limiting belief was, like you said, I need more time. And really what it was, was like, I didn't believe I was worthy enough to go after it. I didn't believe that I was capable of going after it. I didn't believe that if I went for it, if I showed up in my business, what, what the biggest thing was for me was, God, I don't want to embarrass you because you're bringing people to me that are asking me questions about growing spiritually. It's like, I'm still trying to figure this whole walk with you out myself. So it's like people asking me for advice. It's like, Lord, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Like, I know I probably say things that I'm like, oh, I probably should have said that. But truly, what he was showing me is, who are you trying to please? The audience of 500 or the audience of one that's me? And it's like, I'm trying to please you. I want you. I want you to be, I want you to tell me well done. I'm not trying to really please these 500 people. I want them to be happy and I want to give them value. But if I love you, which always goes back to when I say my purpose in life is to love God. If I love you and I give you my all, everything will flow from that. And that's why your foundational relationship with God, your foundational relationship of understanding who you are, your identity, and not only your personal identity, but your identity in God is the most valuable thing you will ever learn. Because in that, all these people we follow and we love, they know themselves. They know who they are. They know their talents and they show up. And when they show up, they give value. And that's really what it is. And truly, as an entrepreneur or a person that's entrepreneur that wants to be an entrepreneur, you have to show up. You can't, you eat what you hunt, what you eat. If I'm not hunting, I'm not eating, baby. Mm. Period. Listen, you have to show up. You, you definitely do. And you have to show up for you. And not even just saying not to interrupt you again, but get a coach Find someone who is talented in helping you create systems. If that is not a lane for you, find someone who knows the lane that can talk you through, how do I create a daily daily system? Mm. I don't know what that looks like. You can Google your way to it, but baby, it could take you a long time versus somebody sitting down individual with you. You could pay. It's, it's almost like if I pay somebody to clean my house, I want them to clean my house. I want to pay you to help me. Figure out how to create a system in my life that's sustainable. Get past the mental blocks that are stopping me and address the root issue. Find someone. Yeah. Hook up with an accountability partner. Like, even if you can't afford a coach, hook up with an accountability partner. Say, sis, this is what we got to do. Help me talk through this so that, I can, so that I can be better and show up in my business. If I don't record a podcast for two weeks, people are going to be like, where the podcast is, sis? Where you been at? Like I started doing Bible studies over the pandemic and literally I had people ask me when we doing another Bible study, sis. And I'm like, you know, I don't know, but obviously y'all want it. So I need to show up. So it's like, you know, just keeping that in mind. And if you're not showing up, take care on work on your identity, work on your relationship with God, work on those things that are stopping you and continue to create, Mm -hmm. continue to do what you do. And as you're learning, as you're growing. 
you're going to figure it out. Everything is figureoutable. There you go. There you go. And I would say the more that you show up in, the, in, in, in life and in your business, the more God opens up more doors. He opens up more connections. I mean, I remember now that I've got like systems in place, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm showing up on a consistent basis, but now I can't keep up with the social media because everybody's commenting and sending DMs. And now I don't know how to reply to all these messages that I wasn't getting because I was posting every once in a while. So now I'm trying to show up and provide uh, content that will make an impact. And I remember I said, Lord, if I just, because I am all for hiring people who are anointed to do what they're called to do. Listen, so I hired my marketing team because I know they're anointed. The person that I help help have helping me redesign like my bedroom and things like that, so it's more set up in a way that I can function properly. She she's anointed, so I just because this is me. If God has anointed you to do some something, who am I to be in here micromanaging you? This is what I want. This is it. I have a vague idea, and I'm all for you running with what the Lord is telling you to do because I feel like you know what He's telling you to do because you seek Him first, and you'll be able to help me. So I'm all for that. So if you are able to find somebody who's anointed in whatever area, you may even just be around somebody who's very anointed in organizing. So because you may not be an organized person, this person can help you in that area. Talk to them, ask questions. The worst somebody can tell you is no. So if they're just going to say, no, they're not willing to help you in this area, fine. Ask somebody else, but get, listen, if you need help, seek help. Like Rosalind said. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel fearful. If you need someone to teach you, be on your live. I get on my friends live just to comment and put the hearts so that they get more engagement on Instagram. So it shows up on the algorithm so they can get on there. Like, Tell your friend to get on the live with you and, and, and ask, 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 ask for the help. Ask for the help. You don't have to Google everything on your own. You don't have to. Even if you're skilled to do it, like you can even delegate, delegate. People delegate all day. So like do it and let the, let, again, I'm big on accountability. Get an accountability partner to, yeah have a working zoom where y'all sit on two hours on zoom and work not talking but just like that presence of somebody saying we're gonna work right now just find what works for you um if you're a mom go stay up past the time your kids go to bed wake up earlier find some, find a family member that can say hey can you come to my house and watch my kids for three hours while i work there there are ways to do it versus we we blame situations. I don't even say blame because that's a very strong word, but we put a lot of emphasis on situations and we can figure it out. Everything is figureoutable. Here we go. Anything. If you sell product, tell a teenager or tell a family member, hey, if I pay you $10 an hour, can you come help package these packages up for me so that I can get them out faster? Done. Done. So ask yes. for help. There's always God will provide you help. In whatever you just gotta ask, he's here to help you. Now, Rosalind, I have really, really, really enjoyed this conversation, and I want you to tell everybody how they connect with you on social media, and of course, how they listen to your podcast. So, give us all the details. Yeah. So, girl, I got so many things going on. So, first, yes, listen to therapy, therapy as a Christian podcast. It's on all platforms. Um, specifically, I know, like for sure, iTunes and Spotify. 
Um, you can connect with me on Instagram at Rise and Renee. Um, I do everything related, anything related to normalizing mental health, normalizing your personal relationship with God is all me. Um, so you can connect with me on social media at Rise and Renee. Um, I do lives every Wednesday talking about different topics related to mental health and just God. Um, I also am coming down the pipeline at the end of this month with, well, actually it'll be past the time, but I think when this episode comes out, but I do um, a time with God challenge where I literally teach people how to create your personal devotion time with God. I teach you how to study the Bible. I teach you literally the step-by-step setup that I use and have used for years on getting 45 minutes to an hour with God every day. Um, Cause some, we need that. And so I teach that about that. I just have a million and one things, but for sure, Therapy is a Christian podcast, and you can follow me on Instagram at Rise and Renee. Awesome. And I will put all of those things in the show notes so that you guys can connect with her and listen. If you have any questions, be sure to connect with either one of us. We are here to help, and we would love to hear what you took away from this interview. So Rosalind, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been great. I have enjoyed talking with you. All right, love.